I was never going to, and that is the right choice. I was like, I don't even know how to make friends, let alone, like, date somebody. Oh, and I spent all of high school gracious. thinking I was in love with my best friend. I He's probably going to listen to this. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but I really thought I was in love with my best friend. And yeah. now we're both gay. <laughs> and I was yes, like, okay, no, that is... I was not in love with you. I just felt that, like, the the gay... Yeah, like camaraderie you know, within you <laughs> we do stick together i do know like one of my best friends from high school who i still talk to like one of the few people i still talk to from high school like we never came out to each other we just our conversations got increasingly more gay until it was like oh we both know this about each other without having to say anything yeah yep and but you know you find each other naturally and even if you don't know it yet like you know that they're one of your people when i came out to my best friends i was like super nervous right and i was like i have to tell you something and they were like oh my god are you pregnant and i was like oh. no the furthest thing from that wow they thought you were pulling an amy on them truly oh my god you know amy jerkins do you uh, mean the, the show, show we're, we're watching it. for this podcast Aaron? i was like who the fuck is amy um <laughs> I could see that on your face and just the, like, the pause as you were like, what? Oh my god, wow. What a good segue, too. Should we get into episode two? Episode two. What a ride. I'm interested. I didn't... Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes. We didn't introduce ourselves. Oh, I'm Aaron. Oh my god. I'm Jesse. My computer said hello. Oh my god. And that's Aaron's computer, also. The third voice of this <laughs> podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Our, our digital space. If you haven't found out yet from this very obvious first segment, we're both gay. <laughs> and we're both watching Secret Life of an American Secret Teen. Life of the American Teenager. That is a very long title for a television program, I will say, but I dig it. Also, this, the, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you, I was just going to say something extremely stupid and I'm actually glad that you cut me off. <laughs> um, episode two's title is You Are My Everything. Yeah, what was, <laughs> also... Like, no one says that in the show. Is there, like, a rhyme or reason to this title scheme? I don't know. I hope everyone involved in the two episodes we've watched so far has sought professional help. It was, you know, it was a different time. It was. I had to remind myself that literally every five minutes, like, oh, yeah, this was this was very much a product of 2008. 2008? We're living in a pre-Glee society at this point. I know. That is so important to remember it at is. any given moment. That everything that seems derivative of Glee is not. I also, I do want to say, um, before we get into more specific things, my very first note on this episode, just scrawled across the top of this page, that I could say at any point, Shailene is giving a very Shailene performance. Hmm. Like, at any given moment, like, she has a style. She does. And it's just interesting that I do think the style definitely originated here. But that's, you know, I'm not going to say good or bad. I think... It works for what this is. Yes, I agree. Um, I also, my first note is, Ooh. again, remarking on the spaghetti strap look over oh, yes. multiple layers. There's multiple layers. So many layers. I think she's wearing, the layers like, are their own character. they really are. She's wearing, I think, like, a longer sleeve. It's not a full long sleeve t-shirt. It's, like, probably, like, yeah. three quarters, two thirds length yes. shirt with a t-shirt over it. With spaghetti strap. Did you notice she has a little French horn, like, pin? I did not. I noticed it in one scene. I don't know if she has it the whole time she's wearing that outfit, which is most of this episode, but it really caught my eye in band. There was, I was like, oh, there's something gold. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, she's wearing a French horn pin. She's dedicated to this cause. Wow. It's really just inspiring. I've only ever known one French horn player in my entire life. I, really? Yeah, she was pretty similar to Amy. Not she didn't get oh, pregnant, is, but oh, my French hornist got pregnant. Really? <laughs> That's not true. But wouldn't that be amazing? Oh my god, I was about to imagine the story I'd have to tell. <laughs> oh my god, you're so funny. 
so what if i just started flirting with you oh my god you're so funny yeah what if this is this our meet cute <laughs> is this podcast <laughs> my biggest hope for this podcast is that it like launches us both into the stratosphere um our alma mater sees it sees that it's two alums doesn't listen to it and invites us to give a joint chapel presentation <laughs> I think that is my ultimate goal here. <laughs> that little tangent aside. <laughs> anyway, the secret life of the American teenager. So we, we're back in the school, which again, I do just want to say this school does not seem like it has that many students. No, it seems like it has a giant building with like seven kids. Yeah. So clearly their budget did not increase between the pilot and the second episode. No, not too much at least. Okay, so we have... Ben, Amy's carrying all her stuff and Ben comes and takes her backpack, her French horn, like all her books and carries it maybe 20 feet to her locker. I do. I want to say my note on that is Ben is a loser. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is not a pro Ben. I'm not pro Ben. I have to say I would like to fight Ben. So then the two, I said the two worst friends show up and they're like talking to Amy about her pregnancy. Oh, Amy's friends. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. The subtlety is not there. Like that's not a subject if you're keeping a secret that you just discuss in an open hallway surrounded by people. Amy wants to pretend that her her pregnancy never happened, that she never had sex. I'm very confused what her end game is throughout this episode cuz she keeps on kind of like denying that she was ever with Ricky, denying that she's had sex, really denying that Like, in her mind, denying that she's pregnant, I feel like. Like, I feel like she's not... I just feel like she's not taking this seriously right now. You know, Mm. I know that denial is... It's a common grief response. That is so true. It's not, like, internalized denial. It's, like, going out of her way to tell everyone that questions her that she never touched this man. Yeah. It's just... It's an odd way to go, considering she seems to be keeping this child. Yeah. Like, there's only so long that she's going to be able to deny this. Especially because we still don't know how the pediatrician doc... Like, we got no follow-up on how her doctor's appointment went. Yeah, that is true. It would be nice to see a little, like... I don't know, like a med chart or something. Just, I want to know how she's doing. (laughs) Is she getting her vitamins? Did her mother question her on the insurance? Is she taking her prenatal vitamins is my question. I hope so. Yeah. They They don't address that. No. Yeah. Oh... And then, this is still, like, the scene in the band room, right? So then, like, Ricky comes oh up my to yes. Amy. And he's, like, weirdly trying to get with her again or something. I'm not really sure what Ricky's motivation is. Me either. But she's, he, like, he drops the news of what happened at the big dance. Right. To which Amy casually responds, oh. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get there. Yeah. So okay. Ricky yeah, comes up. And he's talking about how Adrian, who's not his girlfriend, was seen kiss- kissing Jack, yes. right? And, and Amy, he's a little peeved. Yeah, and Amy seems to have no recollection of who any of these people are. Again, how do you not yeah. know these people that presumably you've gone to school with since kindergarten? And everyone seems to know who she is, but she is just, like, oblivious. Main character complex, for sure. And to be fair, she is the main character of this show. True. So I think it's justified, but she doesn't know that. But then Ricky is like, oh, this is what they kissed at the dance or whatever. And she goes, yeah, 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 I heard. Okay. Oh my God. Like you were there, first of all. You didn't hear. You probably saw yeah. it. Yeah. Like out of nowhere, the bombshell drops that Grace's mom is Amy's dad's ex-wife. Which, like, I feel like is important information that we're going to need to know, but just the casualness of throwing that little detail in and just, like, little conversation is amazing. This conversation between Ricky and Amy is, like, purely for exposition. They're like, oh, "Oh, shit. We did not explain anything that's going on. And so now you have this bombshell that I don't understand why it's a, a plot point so far. But the whole reason for this conversation is just to explain what has been happening and for Ricky to, like, make a weird move on Amy. Yeah, it's, like, a very clumsy, like, let's catch you up. Here's what you missed on Glee. (laughs) Plus, like, I'm guessing that plot point's gonna come up with Amy's dad and Grace's mom at some point. But, like, 
I feel like we don't need to know it yet, and I feel like there must be a more natural way to put it in there. Yeah, and it's important also to note that presumably they were married before Grace and um, and, and Amy, Amy were born. born because they're not related in any way. It does kind of make that like very stereotypical like juxtaposition though of like kind of step siblings. Yeah. You know, where they're like, one is like the pure virgin. Who would have thought the cheerleader would be the pure one and the band geek would be the, like, I don't know what we can say. <laughs> the Esther Prim. Oh, Esther Prim. Mm. The, the Olive Pendergast, if you will. Uh, so Ricky, so Amy's like, oh, I'm going out with someone. And Ricky has two responses to this. He says, that oh. geek who wants to be me, which I think there's been like, three days of knowing each other now the beef between them has just been magnified it has escalated so quickly and then his second response is you can't be serious that child are you the same age are you older is he older i was wondering that myself yeah i don't know then you have the whole you know ethical dilemma about him sleeping with these girls if he is older yes um Oh, so Ricky meets up with Adrian. Adrian? And they start talking about who Ricky has, like, had sex with or whatever. And Adrian asks about Amy. And Ricky goes, some girls have class. So we got the whole slut-shaming aspect. Yeah. Bright and early. Very, yeah, this, this show has a lot of very mixed messaging on many of these topics. That was also very strange. Again, how does Adrian know who Amy is, considering Amy doesn't seem to know literally anyone? Yeah, because every time that Ricky mentions Adrian this episode, it seems like he goes, Adrian, the majorette. Like, we yeah. we know she's a majorette. Oh, and we also know she's a majorette because she carries her baton <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that... I love that little detail of her character that she just feels the need to parade around with her baton everywhere she goes. Yeah. Because... I noticed it a little bit in the last episode, but this episode it's very like everywhere she goes, she has her little baton. My goodness, good for her. I love. Yeah, her. truly. I mean, it serves as a self defense weapon as well. So, oh, for sure. So the next scene we have Grace in the school nurse's office, which for the first half yeah. of the scene, I thought her mom was the school nurse. Yes, it kind of it was weird and. You know, as we've discussed with the hair, Grace's mom does have very, like, preacher's wife slash school nurse hair. Yeah. I will say that's kind of the crossover of hairstyle is there. And we saw Grace's mom so briefly before, and she didn't really do anything, that, like, it took me a moment to realize who she was. Mm. And that she was there expressly to pick up Grace. Yeah, so Grace is in the nurse's office. The nurse is nowhere to be found. I don't know. I don't think my nurse, like, ever left her office when I was in high school. No. I don't think we even had a nurse, actually, in my high school. I think we had a bed that you could <laughs> lay down on. But Grace is heartbroken. And she, to her mom, she goes, I still love him. But it would, like, it's been two days. Like, honey, be be gentle. Be gentle on yourself. Also, I did note, I think Grace might have a good mom. I think she handled this situation so well. Like, she never said, like, oh, get over it. This guy sucks. Like, and she also, like, made it. I feel like she made it clear too, like, don't make it so you hate this other girl. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it takes two to tango, and usually it's the man more than the woman that you should be angry at. Yeah, I did say that. I love that, because it did seem, like, you could see Grace already was, like, showing seeds of just, like, blaming everything on Adrian. Mm-hmm. Which, if you recall, he was the one that called her. Mm. Yeah. And then he goes, it's a sin. I hate that man. I'm sorry. I'm having issues with Jack right now. (laughs) Um, So then we have the the reemergence of that random kid. The essay writer. Yeah. Which uh, in my notes, I do just have Stan essay writer because the power move he pulls here is so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Because Jack comes up and he's like, I only got an 80 on my paper you wrote me. Yes, and this god among men says to him, well, it wouldn't be realistic if you got any better. Giving you an 80 is a stretch. (laughs) And then, like, Jack eats it up. He's like, oh, actually, okay, thank you, actually. That that makes sense. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And then, like, the second Jack walks away, our other friend, I don't remember what he says, but he has, like, a little one-word comment under his breath where he's like, idiot. Or oh, something. yeah, he does. He go- he calls him an idiot. Yeah, which I love that kid, just really taking power back. Yeah, punch up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we need more of that. We need the, like, yeah, we need the jocks bullied more in media. And I'm glad that this show at least took a small stance on this yeah. and tried to step up to the challenge. Truly. Is this also where we have the wildest scene I've seen in my life when Adrian meets up with Jack in the hallway? Um, You know what I'm talking about? Maybe. I didn't write it down. The next thing I have is Jack going to see that Grace and her mom are in the nurse's office. Oh, yes, yes. That does come before what I'm thinking of. Because what I'm thinking of, I need time to talk about. Oh, okay. Let's get this out of the way first. So... Jack just goes up to the nurse's yeah. office and Grace is in there with her mom and he's like, mm. oh, what's going on, Mrs. Bowman? And she's like, get the fuck out of my face. Yes. And I love her for that. She does not back down. She doesn't pretend that she likes Jack. She doesn't bother with civility. She tells it like it is. Yeah. And, and she like insinuates that his teeth are dirty, which I'm like, I don't really understand that insult, <laughs> but it seemed to really affect Jack. So like, Okay. I forgot that she did that. That was such, like, a cruelly specific insult. And then she's like, okay, let's get you home, but and then you can come back for cheer practice. And I was like, okay, I mean, now yeah. I see a little bit more of where your priorities are. Yeah. Also, but I will say, in her defense, she did make sure that Grace had already taken the test that she knew she had. That's true. That is Because she true. That was, like, immediately she was like, don't you have that test today? And Grace was like, oh, already aced it. <laughs> Fuck you, Grace. It's like, come on, Grace. You're one of those people. Of course you are, but ugh. Okay. And then then do we get to Adrian and Jack in the hall? Yes, I think so. Okay. Cause that was that moment blew my mind when oh she walks up to Jack, is like, you advertising something? Proceeds to grab his zipper and zip up his fly on his pants. Yes. This is such a galaxy brain moment for this show. And this was the moment I was like, I am 100% on board with whatever the secret life of the American teenager decides to throw at me. It is beautiful. It is perfect television. This ushered in the age of prestige TV. Peak TV starts with the secret life of the American teenager. (laughs) Yes, I forgot that that happened. Nothing could have prepared me for that moment. There is absolutely nothing. (laughs) Oh my god. And it's so quick too. Like he like runs away afterward. Yeah. And he's like, like up on his tiptoes like, whoa. (laughs) I don't, I truly, I don't know what they talked about. I don't know if anything else was said. I just, I saw that my jaw hit the floor and I could not pay attention for the next five minutes. Yeah. It was all I can think about. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot that that happened. Which, not to just, you know, like, usher this over to our parallel universe uh, at McKinley High School in Mm. Glee, but I could totally see Santana doing that to Finn. No, that is the thing, like, they are so similar characters in that I think both of them probably saved their respective shows from cancellation several times. (laughs) Because, like, I'm at the point right now where I'm, like, kind of sitting through the Amy stuff, and I'm like, okay, bring back Adrian. I want to see what Adrian's up to. She is... Whatever she's going to say is going to make me laugh. It's going to make me cry. It's going to make me a little uncomfortable, probably. I mean, we can only hope that she comes out as a lesbian, but we'll Oh, see. I would cry. She <laughs> needs to. It's the only way forward. Also, I will say I did a little Google to see this actress that really is bringing this character to life. Um, she is still actively acting. She's on the the, the Blackish spinoff, Gro- or Grownish? Yes, Grownish, yeah. But apparently she plays like a Republican. I mean, range, I guess. That's the thing. Like, I just looked, I've never seen the show. I just looked it up and looked at like the cast sheet and like the description on Wikipedia. And it was like a daughter of Cuban immigrants and a Republican. You know, like it's not necessarily an indictment of character at that point. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it can be if it's your whole personality. Also, (laughs) I just want to make this clear. This podcast is not a safe space for you people. Get out. (laughs) This is a Republican-free zone. This is a Republican-free zone. <laughs> okay. Unless, like, no, I'm not going to make qualifiers. <laughs> I'm not going to say don't listen. I would like you to listen, and I would like you to give us money. But, like, I don't I don't want to debate you. I don't want to hear your facts and logic. Yeah. Um. 
<laughs> so so next we have like a Rick, another Ricky Adrian conversation in which Adrian I, they're talking about having sex again. Adrian's yeah. like, you can come over, like my mom will be gone or whatever. Um, not again because she's not the type of girl to do it on the first date or the second. That's I true. believe that's in the first episode. We've hung out lots of times. Yeah, that's in the first episode. So yeah, and she's like, hanging out is not a date. And then you. and then she's like, you can come over to have sex while we'll drink beer and eat pizza. And I'm like, isn't that what you just said you didn't want to do anyway? You know. Truly, again, I missed this whole conversation because I was still reeling from Adrian zipping up. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was in the so. first episode. Oh, that was in the first episode? Yeah. Okay, I was preemptively reeling from that then. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, Ricky starts talking about his foster parents, which it seems yes. like Adrian is not aware that Ricky has foster parents, even though, again, seemingly they've gone to school with each other for a long time. And well, that's what I'm wondering too, because he is t- like he talks about being bounced around the system quite a bit, or something. Like I feel like he referenced being bounced around a bit. I mean, also, he was at least at the high school last year because he went yeah. to band camp. Yeah. So, um, but we go. Oh my god, this scene. Oh. We have. Ben and his two nameless best friends. I think, do they get, they must get a name at this point because I have a name written down that I think must be one of them, right? Is it, is Alice the lady friend? I missed it then. Or I googled the cast and (laughs) that might also be, (laughs) all I know is I have Alice is amazing and I don't remember exactly why I said that. But Um, no, this scene of them together... Yeah, so we have them. They're in Ben's bedroom, I think. They're sitting on yes. his bed. They're, they're eating, eating chips out of silver. They're eating chips out of sil- silver bowls. Ben's nameless friend is wearing <laughs> gloves because he has pink eye, which again is a weird plot point just to just inexplicably introduce. Inexplicably has pink eye and we do not know why, but the whole episode his eye is just red and like it makes me wonder... Did this actor have pink eye and they had to work around it? Who knows? Because, like, it's it's just such a weird little detail that this whole episode he has pink eye. Yeah, it's very weird. And he's wearing gloves, which if, if COVID has taught us nothing, like, that's not really doing anything. Like, if yeah. you're still eating from a shared bowl. Also, <laughs> Ben introduces his little dumbass chip hack. <laughs> oh, you just, you take a sour cream and onion chip. And then you dip it in sour cream. Yeah, just regular yeah, sour cream. Yeah, and then cream. it tastes like a chip and onion dip. It's like, just eat a sour cream and onion chip or <laughs> eat a chip with onion dip. Like, you don't need to... Both of these things are so readily available that you do not need to, like, game the system. Especially, like, it's alluded to that Ben has a butler. So, like, he's clearly yeah. rich enough to afford chips and yes. dip. That confused me, too, because, like, they bring up the butler a few times in this, and I wasn't sure if it was a joke or, like, because his room doesn't look like wealthy room, in my mind. I mean, it's pretty big, but that's pretty it's, much it. It seems like he's still getting settled. Yeah, we find out that they're using, like, the good silver because Ben's mother died, and think, like, his five dad years thinks ago. they need to use the china and the silver, even if they don't know what it's supposed to be for. Yeah. But before this, right, we had Amy's two best friends. Like, they had been gossiping about Amy's, you know, sex life. And Ben's two best friends had overheard. Yes. Uh... And so in this scene where they're sitting on the bed eating their dumb little chips and dip. Yeah. Um, they are like, Ben, we have to tell you something, right? Right after he proclaims that he wants to start a family and have a family band. With Amy, yes, with who Amy. he's After known one date, one yeah. date. He's known ap- approximately for like three, four days. Did not know who she was three days ago. Also, and then to claim love was just—it did remind me of our alma mater. Honestly, <laughs> oh my goodness, true. You but, eat one meal together and you're engaged. Yeah, um, it was just. Uh, um, this is when Alice, I guess her name is but ben's i hope that's right Otherwise... friend who's a girl 
Yeah. She says the iconic line about the 80s that everyone was coked out and disco dancing. That is why I wrote down uh, Alice is Amazing, I believe, is because of the coked out and disco dancing of it all. Yeah, it's so good. I will say she does get the best lines in this show. Because, like, last episode, too, like, she's dancing with ambiguously friendly slash boyfriend, other friend of Ben. And, like, she's rattling off statistics again, and he said... Sorry, I just, I want to get this right, because it's such a good line. (laughs) At one point, he says, wouldn't you rather be having sex? And she just responds with, I'm fine just dancing. (laughs) Go her. That's so funny. Um, then, you know, Ben finds out that Ricky and Amy had sex, and he goes... My little Amy would never. Oh. What the fuck? What the I fuck? almost got sick when I heard the phrase "my little Amy" sneak out of his mouth. And then he goes, "It wouldn't stop me from marrying her." I mean, number one, I would hope not. And number two, you're literally 15 years old. You don't even have a driver's license yet. You cannot listen yes. to the song by Olivia Rodrigo, Rodrigo. <laughs> called the song "Driver's that License." Sent me into an emotional crisis. Yes. No. Also, weird because he's not a Christian. Yes. Like, unambiguously not a Christian. Like, mentioned that last episode. So I don't get why he cares. Because I do remember, like, Christians in my high school. Um, I remember distinctly a conversation between two girls that I was kind of friends with. And I just overheard it. Like, I wasn't a part of it. And one of them was like, yeah, I just, I really don't think I could marry someone who'd had sex before. And the other one was like, well, maybe I could if, like, they knew it was a mistake and they just, like, really felt bad about it. But, yeah, I just think, you know, if they're not a virgin, I don't want to get married to them. So, like, that line of thinking existed. Weirdly. Oh, my God. There's just, there's too much to unpack there, <laughs> there in is the so short much amount of time that we're here. How are but... you, how are you going to missionary date if you are not? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And just, like, write off most people. Whatever. It's fine. They're both married now. Um... <clears throat> But then we have, oh my god. So Adrian goes up to Amy after band practice. And Amy's response is, did I do something wrong in band practice? She is such a nerd. Oh my goodness, such a nerd. And I love that for her. But it's not even like a cool band, you know? Like, if if this was Lane from Gilmore Girls... And yes. she said, did I do something wrong in band practice? I would think that line was iconic. I would be like, yeah. you have a band. But you practice with your band. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm in marching band. Amy is in marching band. And, like, so desperately afraid of doing anything wrong. <laughs> Amy, Amy, Amy. Then we have the Ben leaves a voicemail to ask about the Ricky oh. and Amy sex. And it's so awkward. Why are you leaving that in voicemail for the first, for like, in the first place? Just ask for a callback. Or, like, better yet, don't call about this. Like, you're one date in. You don't need to know every single thing that's ever happened to each other. And also, like, this isn't a big deal. This is, like... But then Ben kind of shifts his message halfway through. And he's like, actually, it's none of my business. And, you know, I don't care. Like, it doesn't stop. Like, whatever we have. And I was like, okay, Ben, you came to this conclusion on your own. And you even say that you wish you could unsend this voicemail. Yes. That is why you should go to therapy. Yes. So you can talk that through with a professional and not someone who you want to date. Yeah. And, I mean, to his credit, too, he does show up, like, a few scenes later and talk to Hot Counselor about this. Oh my god, that's true. So, but then, (laughs) immediately after he leaves this voicemail, we have Amy listening to this this voicemail. Which, there was just probably the weirdest directorial choice. Yes. Which is that, at the beginning, when she is listening to this voicemail, she bites her lower lip. Mm, Very Lin-Manuel of her. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda's influence yes. was already so strong. No, but she bites her lower lip, and I'm like, "Girl, he is leaving you a message." Like, no, you've known this guy for one day. He is yes. not impressive. No. And then she hangs up, and she goes, "I didn't." I didn't. When uh, Ben suggests her and Ricky had had inter- intercourse he only said dated he only said dated he was very clear about that <laughs> okay never mind then 
So, but then she hangs up the message and she doesn't listen to the rest where Ben had done some work. So, honestly, you know what? It didn't really change her opinion of Ben that he called to ask her that. So, I'm disappointed. And then she immediately, like, finds Ricky and starts yelling, right? Yeah. In which case, Ricky is like, are you sure it was me and it wasn't your friends? And then... Amy's world is rocked by this thought that her friends could have told people. Mm-hmm. And she decides Which they're immediately in a fight. Does not discuss with them. Does not double check to see if this is true. Just like stops talking to them. Period. End. And then we go back. We go to the Jurgis. Jurgis? 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 Something with a J. We go to Amy's family's house, right? I was just going to say, um, necklace watch. Molly Ringwald has another just beautiful necklace. Like... I wonder if it was a, a stipulation in her contract. Hey, listen. If if I'm going to do your little show, I'm wearing whatever necklaces I want, and I'm singing your theme song. Also, on the topic of Molly Ringwald, for being like the big heavy hitter named star in this show, she does nothing. She's like barely been here these first two episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope she she comes up more because... She must, because like... Even in the scenes where they're together, it seems like the conversation is kind of dominated by asshole dad. True, truly, which we'll get into in a second. So, oh, yes. um, Amy is in her room and Ashley keeps having to bring her the phone because her friends keep calling, right? Yes. And Amy gets the phone and she goes, I can't talk. My parents are making me study. And she stutters during this, right? Yes. And... Um, her sister responds and is like, if it's a really big lie, you start stuttering again, which, okay. Now we have Amy is embodying Tina from Glee early season one, Tina with the fake stutter. Although, yeah, I was going to say, spoiler alert, fake, (laughs) not a real stutter. Um, but the writers, the way that they write these two like sisters, like if my sister and I were fighting or like mad at each other, it would not sound like that. She was so mean to Amy. Like, I made a note that Goth's sister was being an ass because she was just, like, not even playful mean. She was straight up rude and, like, crossed some lines. Yeah. <sighs> but then we go to the kitchen in which we have this very weird interaction between Amy's two parents. Her mom is, like, oh looking at some bills and her dad comes in pushing in a recliner chair that rocks that he also put on wheels what the hell was that i was so confused he just comes in here like pushing a recliner yeah i don't oh my goodness i don't know but he thinks this is going to be their way to get a lot of money and she's like we need to start saving money for ashley and amy to go to college and then oh the dad just makes this dick comment where he's like, oh, you know, Ashley's never going to go to college or whatever. And Ashley comes yeah. in and, and she's like, is that an option? Yeah, because he says like, oh, Ashley going to college? She'll barely go through high school. And then she's like, bet. Um, but- and then, yeah. And so she's like, what about homeschooling? Oh, this poor yes. girl, like, you and need to get her in therapy. <laughs> she already has daddy issues because her dad is a dick. Her dad, like, truly hates her. Like, I don't know why, but he absolutely cannot stand her. And she doesn't want to go to school. Uh, listen, from personal experience, I can tell you, she needs therapy, okay? Get her in therapy. But yeah, like, he literally fucking hates Ashley, which is such a, like, a yeah. horrible thing. I'm so sorry, Ashley. No, it's just, like, I feel bad for, like, again... I will say, like, two minutes earlier, I was like, what an ass. And, like, at this point, I was just like, oh, you know what? Poor Ashley. Yeah, I mean, she's 13, so um, probably played by someone who was older than Shailene, but... You know what? That would actually track with the whole Seventh Heaven. Heaven. Jessica Biel was younger than the girl who played her younger sister, (sighs) but the girl who played her younger sister looked younger, so Jessica Biel was cast as the older sister. That's so interesting. I hate that I know these things about Seventh Heaven, a show that I watched maybe three it's times. It's okay. I've probably seen the episode of Bojack Horseman where Jessica Biel dies. Oh. Or does she die? Art. Does she die? I don't. The fr- right. the fracking Wait, episode where Zach Braff dies. Zach Braff does famously die in that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Which spoilers for Bojack Horseman, but uh, <laughs> that, that episode was so good. It was. 
That show is so good. Woodchuck could check Berkowitz. Yeah. So wait, no. Okay, sorry. Um, not to get on this tangent, but doesn't she like lead the charge that kills Zach? Yeah, Brown? she does. And then, like later on a news ticker or something, it talks about Jessica Biel wanted in the disappearance of Zach Braff. And then also just like the the recurring that she was married to Mr. Peanut Butter because clearly, like yes. Jessica Biel, the ce- the celebrity, married to yes Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake currently is it like also exists in the same universe as Mr. Peanut Butter. This is also um, we've switched. We are a Bojack Horseman. <laughs> recap pod now so um so anyway then um amy's mom is like oh are amy and her friends okay and ashley makes a three stooges she's like are what the hell was that also this whole scene was baffling what was it like larry curly and mo okay i honestly don't know the three stooges names they are mo curly and larry but that was like a weird reference to make because like did they hate each other i don't know like were they okay i truly don't know maybe they were okay i don't yeah but then okay so then the next scene we have right we kind of like leave off there we go to the Dr. Bowman Jack confrontation outside of the Bowman house. And the only note I have for that is Dr. Bowman slash Jack conversation could have been cut. Yeah, it didn't need, to, they could have just like, they could have showed him coming back into the house and then gotten into the scene that's actually yeah. important. Because they don't really need to see, all it does is like give a clever way to show how Jack learned the word smite. Mm, that's true. But like, their whole conversation was very, like, deeply boring. You know, he brought up the, aren't we all Christians here? Yeah. And, like, it just, you're right, it could have been cut and we could have used that time focusing on Adrian. True. Um, the scene that immediately comes after was traumatic, honestly. No, I mean, like, trigger warning for purity culture yes. bullshit again. And this I think we need to talk about, like, at length. Because the stuff that happened, like, this discussion, like, made me so deeply angry. Because I my, earlier in my notes, I noticed that I think Grace has a good mom. And then I immediately wrote down, I think Grace has a shitty yeah, dad. Which is true. Because, so, <laughs> like, they start talking about the promise ring. And, you know, that Jack was there or whatever. And it turns into this whole conversation about purity culture and how... Like, she shouldn't teenage boys only think about sex yeah and i was a teenage boy so i think i would know that better than you i think it's so interesting too because we don't know what the like clearly we know that grace's mom was married to amy's dad before so yes. it's like dude what yeah. are you like what is going on because you were you're married to someone who was married to someone before you that's what christians lack i don't know consistency consistency self-awareness <laughs> many other words that we don't have time to list them all um But he says um, the line, we trust you, just not the boys, which is just iconic purity culture. Men can't be held responsible for their actions. So it's up to the girls to put a stop to it. Yes. You have to do everything because a man, you know, where are we? Yeah. And they only want one thing. And then he turns the the purity culture and the idea of wanting to have sex into a self-esteem issue in which he says that. (laughs) <laughs> in which he says that low self-esteem is the highest rate of death for women young and old i will say the line right before that where he says do you know what the highest killer of women young and old is and grace responds with i don't know that hpv thing that was iconic <laughs> that i did love that was the only part of the scene where i was like oh this is good television <laughs> this is right when the um like the gardasil vaccine came out too so they were probably like oh. you should they're like, we need to push this AP- HPV vaccine. I'm surprised. I think it would have been very funny if the PSA at the end of this episode was Grace talking about getting the HPV vaccine. Even though it's not the highest killer between women, yeah. young and old. <laughs> That's how she could start it. Even though self-esteem is the highest killer of women, young and old, HPV is still a serious concern. Which I'm so confused where this guy got his medical degree because I... Like, that is not... He has the data to prove it in his office. Why do I feel like he is also, like, an OBGYN? Oh. And he, like, slut shames, like, girls who come in. Where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going to say, why do I feel like he was one of America's frontline doctors? That, like, sham group that has been, like... Saying that COVID isn't real and we should just go back to... You know, the group that was put together Uh by... 
Yeah, that's where I thought you were going with that. No, but I do, I do get but two things can be true. I do get like gynecologist vibes from him. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting if they reveal what his practice is because I'm he shouldn't be allowed to talk to people. Is my thought? No, not at all. So then we no, like he, move on, and he goes to kind of end this conversation. He goes, I think I might have forgotten to tell you how much I love you, which is just oh. like. What? Don't try to turn this around and make this, like, sweet. You basically spent five minutes saying, oh, he says that awful line about, like, when she's like, what if I want to see Jack anyway? And he's like, well, then maybe my mother, your, not my mother, your mother and I will have to reevaluate whether you're old enough to make your own choices. Okay. Like, to, like, go straight from that to, like, actually, babe, I love you so much. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're God's daughter and you're my daughter and... You know, we both love you so you are, much, so just keep that in mind. You are setting her up to date, like, a indie bass player who is just going to, like, gaslit oh. the shit out of her. She He's truly setting her up for, like, the worst kind of high school boy to date, which is, like, the, the Christian boyfriend that's going to make you feel bad about having a body. Mm, that's true. So, like, he's setting her up for failure in so many ways. And I just, again, I, you know what, I'll say it. I like Grace. I think she's fun. I hope she... I think she's a victim of certain circumstances and I hope she pulls through. Yeah. So then we go immediately. The juxtaposition is really great. Good job. Good job. Showrunner. Um, This, this show does love a good juxtaposition. It does. And that is one thing it does very well. (laughs) And so we have Ricky and Adrian clearly post sex. We have like the Adrian getting his like flannel on or his hoodie or whatever. Like the most, prudish post-sex scene I've ever seen. I guess maybe my brain is just poisoned by, like, the Riverdale model now, where they hire, like, 24-year-old actors to play 15-year-olds so that they can, like, have them bang everywhere. But, like, this is really just, like, he already has a t-shirt by the time we get there. She's snuggled up in a robe. Like, yeah. you know what they did, but you have no- there is not skin shown anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole time she keeps on adjusting her robe so that she's, like, even more covered. Yeah. I was thinking again of, like, how we weren't really allowed to watch this and truly, like, the themes of this show are so like it doesn't want to glorify all the things that the our parents thought it was glorifying yeah i'm pretty sure when i was watching teen mom 2 i saw more than this show so adrian is very mad very angry that ricky is gonna leave Mm. oh yeah and she knows that he has foster parents also her mom apparently is a flight attendant and is in denver which also like she's presumably 15 as well while i was watching this i was like why has no one contacted cps like she should not be alone that often she must be alone a lot does does do we know is there a father in the picture or no i mean i'm assuming not because it's never he's never been mentioned it's just been like oh my mom's not gonna be there tonight yeah and i don't think you should be doing that personally i also might have like more strong feelings because I started playing a video game where that's an element of it and it scared the shit out of me. So, um, <laughs> what video game? I play Omori, guy. I have to play it in like five minute fits and bursts oh my God. so that I can sleep at night. It, it, like, it has a beautiful art style and it's really well done. And, like, I appreciate it, but it also scares the ever loving shit out of me. So, okay, getting back on track. Oh, yeah, Secret Life, Secret Life. So, yes. r- yeah, Ricky. It has to leave because he's already going to get shit from his foster parents. And so she's like, call me at least we can stay on the phone all night long. And he's like, I'll call you. Of course I'll call you. I was like, from that moment, I was like, bitch, you are not going to call her. Like, I'm like, no, if someone told me, call me, we'll talk on the phone all night. There was no way in hell I'm calling. And there's, but there's also no way in hell I'm telling her. No, no, no. You know what I mean? I'd be like, no, it's called boundaries. I'd be like. No, that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to talk to you all night. Also, phone bills are a thing. They're using landlines still. That's true. And, and God forbid someone needs to get on the internet. Oh my goodness, well, yeah. I don't know if dial-up was still, but... Well, if it was, I don't think you'd be using it at night anyway, because that would wake the dead. Did you ever have <laughs> dial-up? I did have dial-up. Oh my lord, I could not play on the Kellogg's website in peace. <laughs> I just wanted to chase that little leprechaun, and all I could hear was, <laughs> So, um, Ben and Amy phone call, right? Oh, Ben yeah. calls Amy. And he's like, disregard that message. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want you to forget about it. Which, like, I, 
as much as I hate Ben with every fiber of my being, I do like that he takes accountability when he's shitty and like. Yeah, but then. To an extent. But then we get very red flag behavior in which he love bombs her, which is oh, just like, oh, oh my god, if after I've seen one date. And then she's like, uh, we've been out one time. And he's yes. like, I know, I know, I know. And sh- then she fucking says it back. That's what I was shocked. Cause he even like, he fully said like, you don't need to reciprocate this. I know it's super, super early, which again, bad behavior, but kind of, I get the feeling he says things without thinking a lot and then feels bad about them, which doesn't excuse the things he says, but like, it at least makes me not hate him as much as I could, which is saying I need, I need that personally to not hate him that much. But yeah. But then, I mean, she says it back back. and she has tears. Oh my. Which I am just like the emotional, like whatever you're, like you are pregnant. No one knows. You are starting to date this boy. This boy that your two friends at one point have told you, oh, this boy is rich. You need to make him fall in love with you, have sex with him, and then tell him he's the father. Oh, yeah. Like an episode of Maury. Yeah. That was... That was a fucked up plan. I'm sorry, that was fucked up. No, it was. We but, we're not I'm not I'm not fans of Amy's friends. That was the moment yeah. where like at one point I was like, "Oh, I think Amy has one sensible friend and one shitty friend." And then I was like, "Oh, maybe she has two shitty friends." Yeah. Also, we didn't touch on that like or has that not happened? No, yet? which we're yeah, about that hasn't to get happened to the... yet. Okay. Yes. I was about to say which, like again just solidifying a... the shitty of the friendship. It's a great segue because we have the stereotypical morning sickness shot in the bathroom. Oh, yes. Amy's going in. She has to drop her bag and run and throw up. And then that's all we get, right? Yeah. But then we get the iconic Mark and Ben chat where Ben is oh. sitting in in Mark's chair. What What is this relationship with this counselor? And how did he get into that office? Like, sh- shouldn't it be locked? Maybe he's really good at picking locks. I don't know. That... No, that is, that's that weird, like, hot counselor kind of inserting himself as Ben's dad figure and Ben, like, mm-hmm. running with it and hot counselor, like, being kind of pissed about it, but also doing nothing to stop it. Mm-hmm. They have this weird conversation about coffee. And Mark is like, I'm, I'm a counselor in a school, like, I'm literally poor. Yeah. Which I can get coffee for free here. Yeah, I, that did make me think. Like, I already knew as an educator he was not being paid enough. But, like, that moment, I'm like, oh, you gotta deal with this bullshit. You should be being paid way more. Mm-hmm. But. So, Ben admits to Mark that he does love Amy. Yeah, and then brings up her past, or potential past, as, like, a stumbling block. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Which also, he does yeah. feel way too calm like comfortable with hot counselor i will say he says a lot of things that i don't think you should tell your counselor no matter how hot he is yeah and mark at least has the decency to like admit that this is outside of his like area of expertise that is true every time he says something that is greatly overstepping his boundaries he does point out that he is greatly overstepping his boundaries but he does give them the best advice i have ever heard from a counselor on a cheesy television program which is which is whatever a woman does before she met you is none of your business. Yes, but then he follows that up with the worst professional opinion, which is I don't believe in addiction, I believe in willpower. Oh, I forgot about that. I was hoping he just meant coffee. No. No, that I was mean, definitely like I forgot that that happened. I was so stunned to hear like actual good advice from on this show. That I did immediately forget the, like, erasure of addiction and awfulness that came right after. Oh. Yeah. Hot counselor. We expect better. Yeah. I mean, do we? A hot man? No, that's the thing. Like, I have never gotten good advice from a man. So I don't know (laughs) why. (laughs) I'm sorry. My high school counselor, if you're listening to this, I know you follow me on Twitter. And I'm so sorry about that already. But you were very good. And I appreciate all you did for me in high school. (laughs) So then we go to the scene in the bathroom. We're back with Amy after she throws up with her two bad friends. Yes. Terrible friends. And 
you know, Amy's like, did you tell anyone? And they fucking say, why would we want people to know that? Shitty thing to say. Yeah. So then we, but before that, we have the redhead go, wait, were you puking in there? Oh, yeah. Also, I hate her so much. (laughs) I hate her so much. Like, Like, you have taken sex ed. You know that morning sickness is a part of pregnancy. Yes. Like, I don't understand how, and why would you like, yeah, that just really, although she did give her a stick of gum. So maybe she is a good friend. I don't know. I don't know, though. But then she goes, the girl, the one sensible friend seems like she didn't tell anyone. Aside from the, when her, you know, the other friend, it would be yeah. really nice if we knew their names, were... Yes, please name them soon, show. I am dying here. Were, um, I think we got a name when, um, when Amy's mom asked Ashley. Oh, if Amy and, I think, I think sensible friend is Lauren. But I don't yeah. know why I think that. Also, I will say it's kind of frustrating that like three of the only people of color in the cast we haven't learned the names of yet. I know. But, I know. Uh, so Lauren, the sensible friend, is says like, no, we didn't say anything. But the other friend, she doesn't know how to fucking talk quietly. So she told yeah. people... Yeah. But her responses to Amy when asked about it is, I think you know us a little better than that. Ugh. Which, what that is the most ga- gaslighty response I've ever heard. Yes, especially when as, as soon as Amy leaves, they have like a panic conference that's like, did you tell anyone? And the, the redhead friend's like, well, not about the baby. <laughs> I really thought that, like, Adrian was going to come out of the stall or something. Oh, like, someone no. was going to come out of a stall. I definitely was looking at, like, waiting for someone to come out of the stall because that's the sort of thing that happens in these shows. But, you know, no dice on that, unfortunately. Then we go to um, Adrian is mad because Ricky did not call. Which, girl, we called it. Well, that's the thing. Like, you had to have known. And then he does straight up say, like, I didn't want to talk all night. <laughs> And he made her lunch. Like, he packed her, like, a yes, ham sandwich the, and some chips. Like, and she's immediately like, oh. And also, like, which was so funny to me because it's just, like, this gnarly looking paper oh. bag and he just kind of gives it to her and she's like, oh. There's, like, grease stains on the outside yeah, and she's and not mad anymore. Literally a ham sandwich and chips. Hey, that's the that's the way to my heart. I mean, I just don't like ham personally, but I don't I don't like deli ham. Yeah. And I'm gluten free, so Oh yeah, so that would not work. <laughs> I would be like, "Wow, thank you. I I just I'm, you know what? I will say, I think if a boy made food for me in high school, no matter what it was, even if it sucked, like that was a bad like he could have made a better lunch. I'm going to say it. He could have made a better lunch. But I also would have totally swooned over that ham sandwich and chips if I was in her position. <laughs> so I, I can't judge her too harshly. And I wouldn't anyway, because I love Adrian. Then we have kind of the, the episode is coming to a conclusion. Yes. But Grace is chasing after Jack in the hallway. She goes, I think we should talk. And they kind of talk because Grace still has feelings for Jack. Because again, it's been like three days. Well, that's the thing. Like She did not have time to grieve that relationship. Especially when it ended in such a shitty way. She's rebounding with the person she's rebounding from. So then God or uh, Jack goes, well, if God can forgive me, so can you. Okay. That's not how that like God forgives everyone famously. And also God's like an omnipotent deity that also created the, that's like saying if God created the world, you should create a world as well. (laughs) But then we get gaslighting part two, the Jack remix, because Grace straight up asks, she's like, did you and Adrian have sex? Which, you know what, is a fair question to ask if they hadn't been together, you know, that wouldn't be her business. But there is a difference, you know, some people would agree that there's a difference between if someone cheats on you with a kiss versus with sex. Especially after you've just had the conversation where you're saying you're not comfortable having sex at this point. Mm-hmm. And then she does straight up ask, like, was it oral? 
because you talked about that. But he his response, right, to yeah. her asking oh. is, again, gaslighty. And it says, don't you think more of me than that? Avoids the an- answering the question. Yes, does instead, not say no. That's important to note. Because... Grace wants to go out again, but Grace has to ask her parents. I couldn't read my notes. Yes, she does make it very clear that she will not date him without her parents' approval. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it yeah. seems like that's the family structure that they have well, going the in thing. it. And like her parents yeah. are controlling or at least her dad is very controlling and i don't like him very much at all but i guess i kind of understand at that age you kind of have to say a little bit who you're dating because your parents want to know where you are at most times mm-hmm. you know and like lying to them is doesn't seem like racist style yeah and i think also like we are going to eventually see just because this is the way that these television shows work i think we're eventually going to see um the ricky grace relationship i think that is going to be a plot point at some point because i think i i'm just you know spitballing grace a lot like our introduction to ricky is him flirting with grace that is yeah grace does set out some stipulations for if they're gonna date again right which she says it's her decision if they have sex yeah. And Jack has to promise not to pressure her. Which good. Um, like I'm glad. I'm I'm glad she's laying ground rules. But he's clearly not into the idea of waiting ten years. No. And I just wrote down he death is going to pressure her. Oh, one hundred percent. And I hope I hope he doesn't because those stories always kind of break my heart a little bit because I know what I went to high school in a small, like conservative Christian town. I know what happens in these situations, and it's never good for the girl. Yeah, we kind of wrap up that with with. Grace and Jack, we can kind of, you know, foresee them getting back together in the yeah. next couple episodes. Um, and we have the the final, the closing, the Ben and Amy scene mm. where they address what they had said on the phone the night before. And Ben's like, we can say it all the time now. And, and Amy is like visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> she's like, no, I don't th- I don't think so. He's like, OK, we can say it when we're saying bye. I, I hope Amy's OK. <laughs> Yeah, but, but then he he checks in. He goes, I hope I didn't pressure you into saying I love that you. That is true. Like, that's the thing. I have such a hard time with Ben. Because, like, he says so many stupid things that make me want to hate him. But he does immediately, like, he knows he shouldn't have said them. Which doesn't erase the fact that he said them. I don't know. It's, it's all yeah. so confusing. Ben doesn't want to know about Amy's, like, any of Amy's exes. And he, he admits, he's like, I've never dated anyone. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, and he's like, no, 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 I don't want to know. And I was just like, I don't know how into astrology you are, but I, that just screamed Pisces to me. I'm like, if we get to February in the show and you have a birthday, like I, I know, I know it was you. Oh, I don't know. You are a Pisces. I don't know astrology outside of my own sign because I'm a Leo. So. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I have kind of like gathered things from yeah from different characters, but the the kind of the end of the the show, you know, they're talking and Ben's like, "Do you love me?" and she goes, "Yeah," and they walk off and you have the iconic like hand shot where their hands are next to each other because they're walking yeah. and then they like hold hands, which I'm like, you know what, Ben? Yesterday you were carrying her bags, so where's that energy today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that you now that it's more than twenty feet to a locker, you can't be bothered. She <laughs> <laughs> only did he's that because like, the end was in sight. He's like, my butler didn't feed me dinner last night, so my wrist yeah. is sore. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that was quite that kind of an exhausting episode. <laughs> I I'm just interested to see where this goes. I I still have so many questions because like now it's we're sort of like tangentially seeing how all these people are related, but like. The show's got to tie them together tighter, right? I mean, you would hope. Like, you can't have this many main characters and have them only nominally know each other. I'm just so interested to see, because I can already feel the tension about, you know, Amy's pregnancy. Like, we need... I have a feeling her sister's going to find out first. Oh, you know it. Okay. I No, I agree. I feel like it's got to be the sister and she's going to, like... There's going to be some, like, sitcom hijinks where she holds it over Amy's head and makes her do a bunch of chores or something. That's probably not what's going to happen, but I do Even think this is going to Even though this is not a sitcom. <laughs> I mean, at times it might as well be. 
This is true. It's such a beautiful. There's just a laugh track for that episode. I think that would be fun. It pulls some like WandaVision ish and just like switches (laughs) genres entirely. I don't know anything about WandaVision. It just seems like people are. I have not. I'm not. I'm not invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am not invested in Disney Plus. Meaning (laughs) I don't subscribe. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Man, we have an email now. Yes. You can. It's this. Email oh. us. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You were going to say it, and I just kind of jumped in. And I don't know it, it is... so I shouldn't have. <laughs> it is SL for Secret Life. Mm-hmm. So SL with Jesse and Aaron. And Jesse is spelled J-E-S-S-E. Yes. And Aaron is spelled E-R-I-N. Oh, thank you. You spelled mine, so I just I thought it would be nice to like reciprocate, you know. Just yeah, yeah really. And that is at at gmail dot com. So you can you can email us. So contact us or like tell us nice things. If you're gonna say mean shit, like I don't want to hear it. But like anything else, we'll post. We'll put. We'll give you a, a look at our secret life when we were in high school. Oh yes, that and <laughs> the outfits I wore when I was closeted and convinced I was straight. Mm. I, w- I would always be like people in my high school would just like assume I was a lesbian and I was like why do people assume I'm a lesbian <laughs> and now I look at my the outfits I would wear and it was like pretty much what I wear now it was like Nike shorts yeah. and a t-shirt with a flannel over it okay with mid calves and like converse and now I'm like yeah that's what I wear now as I go around proclaiming that I'm a dyke like mm-hmm. it is it's fun to see the growth I, was... I mean, no, no fashion growth, but... Oh, no, I still wear half of the shit I wore in high school, unfortunately. I will not give up on it. It was a lot of cardigans. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good look. Yeah, you know, it Elbow really... pads? No, I didn't have elbow pads until I got to college. That was my first mm. sweater with elbow pads. I did have one that was, like, kind of a varsity cardigan look, which was hot. Okay, Taylor Swift. I It really was, you know, it was, you know... I was going to quote the song, but I can't remember it. That's a deeply unmemorable song, I will say. I like that album. That song is not as good. It shouldn't be a single. Okay, I'll just say I, it. I mean, I have not listened to any of... I did give um, Love Story a listen, like the new version. Yeah, it sounds the same. I was like, because I was like, why is everyone obsessed with this and like making like queer like yeah, content on TikTok about it? And then I listened to it and I was like... This is the exact same the exact song. Same, like, I was so confused by that, too, because people are like, oh, this is the best version of this song. And I'm like, the only difference is she's singing it with a 30-year-old's voice and not a 16-year-old's voice. Like, I I do support the effort to, like, take back her art and, like, regain her masters by re-recording everything. But I was kind of afraid that it was going to, like, sound different. And, like, Fearless especially was, like, a pivotal album in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just confused because I'm like, why did you name it Taylor's like Taylor's version? That made me think it was going to be from like a different perspective. I just thought there was going to be literally a noticeable difference. Like if you played one <laughs> and asked me to tell you which one it was, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I... <laughs> they're, they're the same. I, I listened to it like three times in a row because I have like ADHD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I kept thinking I just, like, blacked out. Yeah. Like, daydreaming or something, and I missed the difference. And so I was like, gotta fucking listen to it again now. <laughs> no, you when the, And then I looked it up. And I looked it up on Google, and I was like, what is the difference between the two love story songs by Taylor Swift? And all these things were like, the songs are identical, except for one noticeable difference. Her voice. And yeah. I was like... Fuck you! It was literally like, I hate to be the guy making an office reference, but it was like when Pam gives, is like, corporate says you need to find the difference between these two pictures, and then she says to camera, there's no difference. <laughs> it's the same picture, it's the same yeah. picture. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't watch The Office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quirky. Quirky, yes, I'm just too, I'm too quirky to watch The Office. I only watch <laughs> birds make love outside my window. <laughs> Uh, um yeah i'm excited to watch um episode three and four i i was very afraid that i wasn't going to be into this show at all but like 
I'm in suspense right now. Like, I really want to watch it. And I didn't think this was going to be a thing, but... This also just gives me, like, I was obsessed with Teen Mom. Okay, yeah. And 16 and Pregnant. Like, I... Actually, okay, wrong. I was obsessed with 16 and Pregnant, and I was obsessed with Teen Mom 2, which there is a very... There's a very big difference between Mm. Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2. And so I, like, loved watching those things. And so now I'm like, okay, now I get like a like a dramatized well, version of this. I do think this is very much like you know how the Real Housewives started after Desperate Housewives was like a big hit. Mm, I feel like this was mm-hmm. the opposite. Like those shows were really big, and they were like, oh, we can bank off of this with a drama. Listen, every time anybody ever mentions Desperate Housewives to me, I just think it's the same show as Army Wives. Don't you dare. <laughs> I am genuinely offended. I'm always like, I can't separate the two in my head. Desperate Housewives. It used to air on Wednesday nights. I would go to my little youth, or not youth, I would go to Bible class. I wasn't old enough to be in youth group yet. I would come home. A family friend would drop me off. I would go sit with my parents and we would watch Desperate Housewives. And, you know, like, I don't really, I know correlation doesn't equal causation but i do think it turned me gay (laughs) like i'm sorry you're gonna give me um felicity huffman being very tired all the time and eva longoria like sleeping with a pool boy like of course (laughs) what did you expect to happen but that show was so unhinged and i i I started a rewatch on my own time like a couple months ago and i just got through the first season and the the storylines on that thing <laughs> like are you have you ever watched desperate Housewives? i have never watched desperate housewives so i don't know if you're planning on watching but like a minor never. thing um gabby who is eva longoria she's sleeping with the lawnmower and her husband carlos like knows she's having an affair but can't prove it and at one point like he catches her like getting out of the tub because he was supposed to come over but he like jumped out of the window with no clothes into like a rose bush Uh, also he's a straight-up teenager so like this is very problematic but um and carlos thinks it's the guy installing the tv so he like tracks down where the guy lives and just beats the shit out of him and then he looks up and sees like fucking like madonna posters or something on the wall and he's like oh no and he finds out that the guy is gay that that show invented galaxy brain like everything that happens is just like what i would not advocate watching it honestly like i think it's bad but it was also the best thing i've ever seen in my life yeah i probably won't watch it and you know what that's the right choice i will continue to watch it thank you for humoring me as i just ranted about or not ranted raved about no i also just want to say that when you said that she was sleeping with the lawnmower i like fully pictured like a John Deere riding lawnmower. (laughs) I was like... You're thinking of the upcoming feature film Jumbo in which a woman sleeps with an amusement park ride. That's not a real thing. It's a movie. It's coming out. Should we wrap this up? Oh, yeah. Okay, well... Here's us like four <laughs> weeks later because we never actually wrapped it up. Okay, don't pull the curtain back that far, okay? Um, but thank you for listening to Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers with Jesse and Erin. Thank you so Aaron. much. This was episode two, and you can follow us on TikTok, Patreon, um, Twitter, Instagram at your two gay friends. You're spelled U R. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Goodbye. Bye.